This morning we have in our midst a seasoned man of God. He has worked with God since his youth. He's had his personal experiences of who God is. And God has called him into a ministry and anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about teaching the people preaching to the people healing them rise up on your feet with me as we receive pastor a moment thank you hallelujah praise the lord thank you pastor shall we pray Father, we pray, help us to hear from us. May our hearts receive your wisdom. And may we be permanently changed. Amen. Let's please be seated. Oh, Lord. This year, God says we should change. Hallelujah. God says we should change. Are you ready to change? Change can be unpleasant, but it's, it's, it's very necessary for life. Hallelujah. So let's begin in Romans chapter 12. I read in verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says that your life will change when your thinking changes. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Your life will change when the way you think changes. You see, the reason why you have not been able to uh, surmount certain challenges is because the way you are looking at it is not how you should look at it. And when you look at it differently, you will see a way forward. Hallelujah. And so this year you must be determined that you are going to change the way you look at many things. Because some of the things that some of the ways of thinking that you have been using to live your life have not helped you. Hallelujah. It says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. It says that it is your, your, the change that takes place in your mind that will lead you into the experience of the fullness of the will of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this year, be willing to change. Don't consider change too expensive or too, too problematic or too painful. Hallelujah. This morning, at a topic... Our title is Sons and Bastards. Hallelujah. Sons and what? Bastards. Do you know what a bastard is? Some of you don't like that word. Sons and Bastards. Are you a son or a bastard? That's the question we want to we want you to be able to answer well. Hallelujah. Because you, you must be a son. Hallelujah. So let's please turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5. It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord or the correction of the Lord nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Hallelujah. We're reading up to verse uh, 8. 
For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. It says that God corrects the one that he loves. Hallelujah. God corrects the one that he loves. And he scourges every son whom he receives. He said that if he accepts that this one is my child, he says then from time to time he will cane you. All right? That word scourging means cane. Hallelujah. Why is the room so quiet? You don't like the kings. He says that if God accepts that this one is my child, you see, I have a king in my house. That king is reserved for three little girls. Hallelujah. You have never seen me bring that king to church because it is able to do all its work in the house. There's nobody here who needs that king. Hallelujah. You understand? And the reason is because I have accepted that these three girls, they are my children. Hallelujah. So I don't go... When I bought the king, I didn't test it on the woman's child, the one who was selling it. I didn't say, let me test this king on your child to see whether it works. You understand? Because I have not accepted that child as my child. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that the one that God kings is the one that... Hallelujah. So it means that if in your life you don't get any canings from God from time to time, you must begin to wonder. Hallelujah. Or you don't, you don't understand what they're saying. You understand? If you have gone for years and... And you have not experienced anything that looks like caning from God, then you must begin to wonder, hey, God cry, how does he see me? Hallelujah. Can we continue? Verse 7. If you endure chastening or correction, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom his father chasteneth not? He said, Is there any child whose father accepts that this is my child? But the father refuses to correct that child. See? Verse 8. But if you are without chastisement, that is, if in your life, you have been living your life, you say you are serving Jesus, but you have not seen anything in your life which suggests that God is correcting you. He says... Whereof all are partaking. He said, if you are a child, there's a certain kind of discipline that you must go through. He says, all children go through it. He says, so if you, you are not going through it, then he says, then you are what? Then you are bastards. That's where the title came from. Hallelujah. So the word is actually in the Bible. It's not an insult. Praise the Lord. A bastard means an illegitimate child. I think there was there was a very popular there's a very popular sportsman in Ghana who discovered some time ago that his three children, none of them were from his seat. Very sad story. Anyway. He says, Then are ye bastards and not sons. Hallelujah. So The Bible here is showing us that in the church, not everybody who calls himself or herself a child of God is actually truly a child of God. Hallelujah. And and God is seeking to give us the signs or the indicators, the things that you can use to check in your own life, whether God is treating you as his child or not. And he says that the major thing that you can use to check is, are you going through the disciplinary actions of God in your life? So if you have been living as a Christian for years, and you, you can't think of any point over the past several years where God has gone out of his way to deal with you on a certain matter, then begin to wonder whether your, 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 your position is really what you think. 
are you is he really does he really consider you his child because it is it will be a sad thing for you to be in church for years and think you are okay and meanwhile based on the classification of heaven the assessment you are considered a bastard hallelujah so this year one of the first things that we want to change is that if we have been behaving like bastards we want to change and behave like sons and the evidence the evidence that you are behaving like a child is that when you are being caned you submit yourself hallelujah when you are being caned you do what you submit yourself what will happen to that child? Hallelujah. I mean, look at Mr. Bosa. You can see that when he was a small boy, uh, his father had to have a strong hand. Hallelujah. Is it not true? Yes. So it has taken a lot of effort for his father to bring him to this point. It didn't happen by accident. Praise the Lord. Yes. When the person when you have a child, the investment part of your investment in the child is the discipline. And the Bible says that God's discipline, all right, and told him a story. All right, and David got very angry about the man in the story that he's misbehaving. Alright? So let's go to verse 7. And Nathan said to David, you, you, you are the man. Hallelujah. He said, you are the man. That says the Lord, God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into your bosom, and give thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Verse 9, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and you have taken his wife to be your wife, and you have slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Verse 10. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house. Alright. The, 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 the Canaan is beginning. Hallelujah. Alright. He says now therefore what? The sword. It means that in your family there will always be fighting and violence and people dying mysteriously. Alright, let's continue. Because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be their wife. Verse 11, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. And I will take your wives before your own eyes and give them unto your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. Alright? So the, the Canaan is continuing. Say that you took somebody's wife. God says that what I'll do is that I'll let somebody come and sleep with your wives. Not just one. But more than one in public for people to see. Alright? That's the, 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 the punishment is continuing. Alright? Verse 12. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Hallelujah. Is the punishment enough? <laughs> Is it enough? God hasn't finished. <laughs> God hasn't finished. Let's continue. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord has also put away thy sin. You shall not die. Verse 14. How be it? Because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born, it should, the child will die. 
Hallelujah. That was the final part of the caning. Alright? So the first part was that he would pay four times. So four of David's sons actually died. The second one was that um, what was it? Let me just go and check. The sword sorry yes uh, Amnon, Amnon died and then um, Absalom okay the baby died first and then Amnon died and then Absalom died and then Adonijah died mm, four of his sons because David himself when he heard the story the prophet told he said that, that man who has done this he will pay four times and the prophet said it is you <laughs> <laughs> So actually, that one, God didn't do it. He, he punished himself. <laughs> Alright? And he said, the soul will never leave your house. And then secondly, I will raise up somebody from your own family to come and sleep with your wives in public because you took somebody's wife. And then thirdly, the baby that is on the way, when he's born, he will die. Alright? Well, if it was you, what will you do? If it was you, will you be angry? Nah, I think I grab. When I grab, I call yeah, yeah. She has so tricky. I should be brave. I'll tell me so. All right. Well, what did David say? Let's go to um, verse thirteen. David said unto Nathan, "I have sinned against the Lord." Hallelujah. That is the sign of a son. He submitted himself. He didn't argue with the prophet. He didn't get angry with the prophet. He didn't try to say that, oh, it was, it was not really like that. The, the woman, I didn't even know uh, she was somebody. She was just passing by my window and then before I knew it, she, was, she had entered the house and then, and then I didn't, and then, and then she got pregnant. He didn't do that. He said, I have sinned. How many of us already accept our sin when we are confronted with it? That's a sign that you are a son. That you don't fight God. You don't argue with God. You don't get angry. You don't stop coming to church. When you see pastor's call, you don't answer. Because he preached two weeks ago and he said something, he thought that he was preaching about you. By the way, who should he preach about? Is it the people walking on the street that he should preach about? Or is those of us inside here? It is you and me he'll preach about. So if he preach about you, he's doing his work. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the major sign that you are a son is that what you submit yourself to God's authority. That when God speaks, you don't challenge him. When God speaks, you don't argue with him. When God speaks, you don't try to let him feel like you know better than him. But you just submit. David made just one statement. I have sinned against the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This year, may that be your attitude. Hallelujah. May that be your attitude. That you won't resist God. You won't fight him. And when the Holy Spirit begins to convict you of sin, you say, "Ah, it's true, I have sinned, I did it. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Now let's look at some of the signs that somebody eh, may be a bastard. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Some of the signs that somebody will, what, may be a bastard. First one. You get angry when God corrects you or counsels you. Alright? You get angry or offended when God corrects you when God counsels you, when God rebukes you, 
or you get angry with God's messenger. The person was just sent to deliver a message to you. Then you got angry with that person. Let's please turn in our Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter twenty five. Second Chronicles chapter twenty five. It's a story about a king called Amaziah. Hallelujah. Let's start from verse fourteen. Now it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his gods and bowed down himself before them and burned incense unto them. The people that he had gone to conquer, he, he went to borrow their gods. The gods who were not able to save them. For some reason, this guy said, that's what I want. Verse 15. Wherefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah, and he sent unto him a prophet, which said unto him, Why hast thou sought after the gods of the people, which could not deliver their own people out of your hand? Right? The prophet says, God says, Why have you gone after these gods, who didn't have any power to save their people from you? Alright? Verse 16. And it came to pass, as he talked with him, that the king said unto him, Art thou made of the king's counsel? Says, Now, Ukraano, Ufata se ube tu ohinifu. Hallelujah. He said, Is there anything inside you that represents advice for a king? If we look inside your head, will we see anything that looks like advice that should be given to a king? He was asking the prophet that you have come to advise me. And then he says, forbear. Forbear means stop. Why should you be smitten? Say, if you don't stop, I'll kill you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he was a king. He had power. Praise the Lord. Then the prophet forbear and said, as the prophet stopped speaking, and then he said, I know that God has decided to destroy you because you have done this and have not hearkened unto my counsel. Hallelujah. It's a very powerful thing the prophet said, but we will not go to that today. What we want to see is that this king Amaziah, when God sent a prophet to him to rebuke him and to advise him regarding what he should do in his life, okay, Rather than, if you, if you compare his response to the response of David, you see a clear difference. Alright? David immediately said, I have sinned. Amaziah said, first of all, you. Is there any wisdom in you that is good enough for a king? That you, have, you got up from your house to come and advise me. He says, stop it. If you don't stop it, I'll smite you. When they say smite, it means that he's going to use a sword on you. Hallelujah. So, this king, when the word of God came to him, his response was what? Offense and anger. Hallelujah. The first sign that you are behaving like a bastard is when the word of God comes to you. Pastor advises you. Pastor is preaching. And you get angry about what God is saying to you. That's the f- first sign to you that you are beginning to shift away from being a true child of God to becoming a bastard. Are you understanding? Are you understanding? When you are having your quiet time and you read a verse in the Bible and it makes you offended or you, 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 you want to skip it because you don't like what it's saying. In these modern times. 
like one of my friends in university told me that if God did not want me to use my sex drive, why did he give it to me? This was my friend that I used to go to church with when I was in university. And he asked me, he asked me that way. If God did not want me to use my sex drive, why did he give it to me? So, as far as he's concerned, he's using God's gift. So he's been a faithful steward of the gift of God in his life. And me, I have come to advise him that he should stop. So you read a verse of scripture and you don't like what he's saying. And because of that, you decide that uh, uh, Proverbs can't help you. can't help you. Or like somebody did, he took tape. God was speaking to him from the book of Hebrews. He didn't like what God was saying. So he took tape. And tape is Bible. That time we used paper, paper Bible, not phone Bible. He just tape Hebrews from chapter 1 to the end. So that if he picks his Bible, even by accident, it will never open to Hebrews. For God to continue saying that thing that he is saying that he should stop saying. When you, when you start behaving like that, know that you, are, you have started becoming a bastard. Hallelujah. Uh, is, is that clear? Huh? You, you, are, you are gradually drifting out of legitimate sonship into something else. Hallelujah. Let's, let's move on quickly. Let's look at a second thing. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15. From verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken, that is, listen and pay attention. Hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Alright, that was the instruction. Alright, that destroy everything because when Israel came out of Egypt, Amalek treated them very badly. All right, and God said at that time that I will make sure that I completely eradicate Amalek from the face of the earth because of how they treated Israel. All right, so now the time had come, and King Saul, the first king of Israel, was given the commission to carry out the word of the Lord. And God said, Don't leave anything. Not even animals. Don't leave anything alive. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim. 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, which is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. And Saul and the people spared Agag, that is the king, and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them but everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. Alright? So God's instruction was destroy everything but when they got there they left the things which were good and they destroyed everything that they didn't like. Alright? That was what they did. Verse 10. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel saying, 
It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and has not performed my commandment. And he grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleating of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we utterly destroyed. Hallelujah. So, Saul said that we actually kept the best things so that we could use them to give an offering to God. Hallelujah. Is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? No. Alright. Is that what God asked for? That was not what God asked for. So the second sign that you are becoming a bastard or somebody is beginning to behave like a bastard is that when God gives you instructions, you pick and choose what you like. Alright? You will be part. You do, you do the part that is, is okay for you. When it comes to a point where what God is saying, that part you don't like it, then you say, okay, Hallelujah. So the second sign that you are beginning to behave like a bastard is that what? When the word of God comes to you, you pick the one you like, the one that you believe you can do, and you won't have any problems. And the rest, you leave it. Have you done that before? Have you done that before? That is the second sign that you are trying to become a bastard. Hallelujah. Are you following? Alright. The third thing, or the third sign that you are trying to become a bastard is that you believe you know what is good enough for God. Hallelujah. You believe you know what is So you, you live your life a certain way and you say that God understands. God understands me. It is you who does not understand. But as for God, he's okay with me. So the one that God said they should destroy, they decided that this is good enough for God. We'll bring, it's, it's actually the best part. We'll bring it to God. When you are becoming a bastard, you begin to think that you know better than God. Or you begin to think that you know what is good enough for God without considering what the Bible says. So, tithe is 10%, but you, you, you give whatever you feel is, is okay. So, maybe your tithe is 200 cities and you bring 150. In your mind, God, God is even lucky that the 150, you brought it. If he's not careful, next man, God, you bring 100. <laughs> you see or you are sitting in church and the Holy Spirit is prompting you that that money in your pocket give it to God has it, has it happened to you before uh, if you haven't to you before let, you, let me see not whether you obeyed or not just whether you heard that kind of voice before if you haven't to you let, let, let me see uh-huh. ok you put your hands up then the second question, which you don't have to lift your hand, is that did you obey? Or did you divide it? Or did you take out your transport? Meanwhile, God didn't say that remove your transportation 
Ote transport. You understand? God didn't say remove the transportation. He didn't say remove antitellers meat by money. So you see, Mrs. Ochi, some of the people they are bringing, they are casting into your business. Hallelujah. So you begin, you see, when you start doing behaving like that, you you begin to grow in it if you don't stop it. You begin to grow in it, and you get to a point where now you think that you are able to set your own standards and decide how you should live life based on what you think you are comfortable with. And you see, God will not intervene typically to stop you or, you know, he won't do anything bad to you to make you realize that you are going the wrong way. He will just keep speaking to you. Hallelujah. So if you are not careful, you you, you might think that because you are still blessed, God accepts the way you are living your life. But he, he, he doesn't. Hallelujah. So that's the third sign that you are shifting out of sonship into another thing altogether. Hallelujah. We want to, we want to stop here. Because we want to pray a little bit. Hallelujah. So if you don't mind, please, you can join me on your feet. And um, you want to pray and talk to God. The first prayer is that God, please give me a heart like David. A heart that submits to you. A heart that doesn't fight you. A heart that doesn't challenge you. You see, when God speaks to you, it is not to have an argument. It is, it is an instruction. It is an order. That is why you say that he is your Lord. When somebody is your Lord, you don't exchange words with the person. So begin to talk to the Lord this morning that, Father, I need a heart like David. I need a heart like David. David did not think of the embarrassment. He did not think of the embarrassment that he was going to experience. He was more concerned about what God thinks. He was more concerned about his relationship with God. He's more concerned that if 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 me and God there is a problem, then how can I go to him and say I'm praying to him? You see, but sometimes we know that we have a we have a problem in a relationship with God, and yet we don't have any trouble praying. It's a deception. Begin to pray this morning. Uh, Father, I need a heart like David's heart. A heart that submits to you. A heart that doesn't challenge you. A heart that is yielded to you. A heart that is yielded to you. A heart that readily accepts when you point out my wrong. You see, there are sometimes some of us, something happens. And maybe Pastor or myself or Pastor Peter, we are interviewing you. And you are denying the thing that there's, the evidence is so clear that you did it. You are denying it. It means that you are behaving like a bastard. So you need to change. Pray this morning. Father, take me through a process that will give me a heart like David's heart. Because David didn't just wake up one day and he became like that. He allowed God to teach him humility, submission, yieldedness. He allowed God to take him through a process. That is what we read in Hebrews 12. That that he will chastise you and he will scourge you and he will take you on a certain path. That will cause change to take place inside you. Talk to the Lord this morning. Because in this walk that we are in, in this life, if our relationship with him 
is not open and flourishing, then we are wasting our time. If there's a problem in our relationship with God and we don't get it resolved and we think we are okay and we are wasting our time. So every one of us needs to be like David in the sense that when God points something out to us, we say, yes, Lord, I did it. I sinned. But I will say that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Pray that God will deliver you from this deception. The deception that makes you think that what you did is okay. The deception that makes you think that it is not that bad. Or the deception that makes you think that, ah, but this person did something even worse. What, what, if somebody did something worse, it doesn't mean that what you did is not, is, is not wrong. It doesn't matter that somebody did something worse. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all that somebody did something worse. It is your own that God is talking about. It is your own. So whether somebody did something worse or not, you between you and God you must accept that I did it and I it was not the right thing I did and I have sinned against you Lord David said I have sinned against the Lord help us O Lord help us to yield to your dealings so that we can have the attitude that David had a submitted attitude a yielded attitude. A yielded attitude. A yielded attitude. Holy Spirit, we pray. Work in us, O oh Lord. Work in us, O oh Lord. Work in us, O oh Lord. Forgive us for resisting you. Forgive us for resisting your work in us. Forgive us for resisting your effort to correct us. Because sometimes, Lord, we have resisted your attempt to correct us. Forgive us, Lord. And let there be a reset today, O oh God. Let there be a reset today. May we not hold on to sin in our lives. When God points out sin to us, may we not continue holding on to sin. May we quickly let go. 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 Pray this morning. This is, this is, a, this is an important prayer. This prayer may determine whether you end up in heaven or in hell. Because if your heart does not yield to God fully, you can get into rebellion and not even realize it. So pray and talk to the Lord this morning. Because this is very important. Yes, Lord. We thank you for your mercies. In the name of Jesus. The next thing I want to pray about is that if as we spoke about the, the three signs that you are beginning to behave like a bastard, if you see that any of those is, is in you, alright, you're going to pray now, Lord, deal with me until this thing is no more in my life. Hallelujah. It's a simple prayer. Deal with me severely. Because the thing can kill you. So it's not something that you, you don't want God trying to pamper you and say, oh, it's okay. No, 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 no. It's like uprooting cassava. It must be uprooted. So, 
if you've seen any of these three things in your life, the first one was you get angry when God speaks to you, or when God's servant brings you the word of God, you get angry or you get offended, and you don't come to church, you stop church for one month or something because of what pastor said. If you if you have been behaving like that, know that you are getting yourself into trouble. And that thing must be dealt with by the Holy Spirit until you are free from it. The second one was if you pick and choose when God speaks to you, you, you take the one you like and you leave the rest. And the third one was that you believe you know what is good enough for God. If any of these three things you have seen signs of them in your life, begin to talk to God this morning that Father I am seeking your mercy this morning. Deal with me, Lord, until these things are eliminated completely from my character. That is the prayer we are praying. That deal with me, O God. Deal with me, O God. Deal with me, Lord. Let it be severe if needed. Give God permission to deal with you severely so that He can save your life. He can save your life. Sometimes somebody goes to hospital and, and the doctors will say that this thing, if we don't cut this part off, it will kill your body. It will kill you. It's a severe intervention, but their objective is to save your life. In the same way, you want to give God permission to deal with you severely. For some of us, God may require you to go and break a certain relationship today. It's a severe dealing. A relationship that you are dependent on for certain material comforts and benefits. Pray this morning the Lord deal with me until all of these are uprooted and there is no trace of them in my character deal with me O lord 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 deal with me O lord. lord father i give full full permission and room father let your chastisement and your dealings in my life oh god be unhindered so that you can save my life 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 you see the dealings of God God will take you through a process to save you from your own self from your tendency to do things that will destroy you the dealings of God will deliver you from your tendencies to take decisions and to take actions which will destroy you or undermine you or undermine your salvation. And sometimes some of us who have been in church for long we go to a point where we stopped experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we thought that it is because now we are living a holy life that's why the Holy Spirit has not been pointing things out to you you don't realize that it's because you have become hard of hearing and so when he's speaking you are not hearing so if you realize that for a long time the Lord is not pointing out anything in your character that you must you must address it is not a good thing pray this morning and ask the lord father that i will hear you when you speak to me that i will hear you that i will not be offended that i will submit to your correction and your counsel father if there is hard-heartedness in me if my heart if my heart has become hard 
Lord, please break up the hardness and take out of me the stony heart, Lord, and give me a heart of flesh that I may serve you forever. Shiba kostokoroba sikarababeya. Rabozika toshekese betiketikeya. Interoba basinta kabayababashikasi. Talk to the Lord this morning and save yourself. Masti karababo shikese tebayamama. Lord, we pray, deliver us from a stony heart. Deliver us from a hard heart. Deliver us from a heart that refuses to listen. Deal with us, O God, until we yield. Because that will save our lives. And Father, we want to be saved. None of us here wants to end up in hell. None of us here wants to be destroyed. We all seek your salvation. So Father, if it is a hard heart, that will cause us to let go of our salvation. Then Lord, let the hard heart go. So that we may be saved. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. What a message. What a message. Uh, the nature of this message requires 